Coverage Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. And we are here to break down some Chicago Bulls basketball for you guys. Uh, I know it's been a while. It's been about three weeks, Trey, so quite a bit to talk about. But uh, obviously, we are recording after a, I wouldn't even call it a disappointing loss, but after a solid loss, a convincing loss to the Phoenix Suns. But um, how are you feeling about this Bulls team at this point? And you know, what are your general, uh, you know, sentiments towards towards the season at this at this very moment? At this very moment, I am happy with the addition of Patrick Beverly. I think he's brought a much needed effort to the team, and it's shown since he came in. So that's been nice to see. But it's it's just disappointing to go from a team that, again, last season we were first all the way into January, and, and this year we're we're hoping that we might be able to make the play in. So. As nice as it is to see Patrick Beverly kind of light a fire under this team and give it some much-needed playmaking, it's uh, it's disappointing to have fallen as far as we have still. Yeah, it's um, definitely been a disappointing season so far. Um, I think you know several teams in the East can say that. I'm looking at the standings right now, but but yeah, I'm right there with you. I think you know um, the Bulls have been a little bit more inspiring since Patrick Beverly's come over. And you know, I think you know the biggest thing that for me, and we can just go ahead and leap right into it though is uh, the Patrick Beverly thing. You know, I was saying for, for like, I feel like months that the Bulls really needed a point guard. I mean, obviously, that's kind of a kind of a no-brainer because there's Alonzo Ball. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not trying to knock on Aya Desumu at all. I think Aya is a fantastic player. But I just feel like that um, specific leadership skill set is something that Aya doesn't have when it comes to organizing a, an NBA offense. I think, you know, you see Io out there trying to be the leader. I saw him out there talking to, to his teammates and stuff like that. We, we I, I, think that. I, I think what you mean, it, it's not leadership, but it's that that being able to quarterback an offense, like a Chris Paul or even a, a, a Tyus Jones for the Grizzlies. He's the backup for job, but when you see him come in, he just literally comes in and he runs an offense like a Ricky Rubio. I think that's – isn't that kind of what you mean? Yeah, it's uh, it, that is definitely part of it. I think the other part of it is, um, you know, holding guys accountable. I think it's hard for a rookie or a, a second-year player like Io to do that. But you know, obviously, we can talk about it here, Trey. But the interaction between him and Vooch in that last game, where Vooch very clearly missed, um, you know, a rotation on defense and was it was called watching his guy, and Pat Bev kind of we went over was like, hey, what's up, man? What's going on? And Vooch was immediately snapping off on him. But the thing is. If it was if it was Iowa Sumu, I think we've seen that interaction before, and I was just gonna kind of go like whatever man and walk away, which you know I can't really blame him for that. But with Papev, it was like he was still in his face, right? So I kind of enjoyed that interaction. I think you know people are making too much out of it than than what it was. I think at the end of the day, they both just kind of forgot about it and moved on with their lives as as most you know NBA players do. But how did you feel about the interaction? I mean, Vooch is a hothead. Pat Bev, mm-hmm. Pat Bev is a hothead. Io and Vooch, when we see their interactions, Io is much more of a little brother type with Vooch. It's a he's going he, he will correct him, you know, he will he will say stuff to him, but it's not an, in an aggressive manner. Whereas Patrick Beverly, I think he's aggressive to the old lady crossing the street. He's just that that's just his mentality all of the time. And Vooch seems to be pretty well the same way, whether it's uh, complaining about calls and, and giving refs the middle finger as he's running down the court or, you know, yelling at teammates. So I didn't think anything of it as two fiery teammates having a conversation. Like, I don't think either one of them held a grudge afterwards. It's kind of weird because you, you think about Vooch just in general, at least before he came to the Bulls, uh, for sure. You know, I thought of him as more of like an even-keeled type guy. But, may, I mean, maybe it's more 
because of the pressure that's on him here in Chicago, and there wasn't really that pressure in Orlando. Um, maybe that's the case. I don't know. But, but yeah, we do see at times that Vooch does kind of lose his cool a little bit. Um, but, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that, um, you know, Patrick Beverly's out there holding people accountable. I think it's something that's been, you know, definitely missing on the defensive side of the basketball. And uh, and like you said, in the offense, you know, I think that is definitely part of it also is that, you know, he's orchestrating and telling people, you know, when they need to go, when they need to cut through, when they need to make space, you know, telling people to go go screen for somebody else. Um, you know, that's definitely some kind of leadership skill as well. Um, and I think it's a veteran player out there. So I think it's it's made a difference for this Bulls team. And uh, and we've seen some positive results, and I, I think that's what that's a big thing that's been missing in our in our offense so far. But uh, you know, I I don't think he's the saving grace for the Bulls, right? He's not. I mean, what do you think, Trey? Is he going to carry us into a you know playoff series and and make it a competitive first round playoff series? He's no Lonzo Ball. No. But he he has shown that what this Bulls offense I think has lacked is that playmaking because he came in and said Zach's going to shoot the ball well we all know that that's what we want Zach to do it's the same thing we wanted Kobe White to do until we wanted Kobe White to try and be point guard and then I know Io was the point guard but for all intents and purposes Zach was the point guard he was the guy that was expected to initiate the offense because DeMar is just the ISO king so much like Kobe White Zach tried to do the point guard thing and it didn't really work so Patrick Beverly being able to come in, I think that just kind of slots Zach back into his natural role as a, I can look to score rather than thinking I need to get people and other people involved. So that's been nice. And it's just Caruso didn't start tonight, but he had started the other games. He was the only player that was a positive, just the playmaking in general. It's, it's nice to see the ball movement. It's nice to see a couple guys that can make quick decisions. Um, You hear a lot of people talk about that, it's like a half second. You want to you want to hold the ball for a half a second and make a decision. And our two stars aren't that way. But when you have other guys on the court that are, it can make things flow. And it's just it's been nice to see. And up until tonight, the defense. Well, I guess even tonight, the defense wasn't terrible up yeah. until the end. But it's been nice to see that defensive fire kind of intensity kind of come out too. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Yeah, the Bulls have lapses. Um, I think, you know, I was watching, uh, again, I, I feel like I bring this guy up every single podcast, but Mark A, uh, I do follow his tweets, you know, I would say about half the time I agree with them. But one that I did agree with that I really enjoyed um, was when he was talking about, uh, well, the Bulls, you know, let's not bury the lead here. The Bulls have been one of the best defenses in the NBA, I think top five defense since January. And I think a big part of that, uh, you know, in a, reading his tweet, this is what he said, was that, you know, it's not necessarily that the Bulls don't have mental lapses and, and bad defense at times. They absolutely break down at times and look absolutely terrible in in singular possessions. But when you take it as a whole, it hasn't really been that bad. And on top of that, the Bulls have been one of the best, deep, best rebounding teams in the league. I know I'm saying that on the heels of a game where we got vastly re- out-rebounded on the offensive boards. But it, still, uh, again, grain of salt, you know, take the whole thing in consideration, not just one or two games the whole entirety of January, February, March games. Uh, and, you know, the Bulls have been a good rebounding team and a really good defensive team. So, you know, what do you attribute that to? I mean, is it effort level? Is it just, just you know, variance that has always been with us? Uh, I mean, Vooch, he's always been an excellent rebounder for his position. He's always been a guy that gets a majority of the rebounds. And I, I think the defensive intensity is just kind of amped up, especially since Patrick Beverly came in. But Caruso's been playing more. Been playing more. I feel like Kobe White's been been playing more, and he's very active. And the I feel like this Bulls team, this the defense is at its best when it's active and when they're moving, when they're getting in passing lanes, when they're just when they're making the the offense have have to do two extra things. And Vooch does a. I know Vooch catches a lot of crap because when you have those breakdowns that you mentioned, mm. he's the one who looks bad. Yeah, but typically. Mm. when he doesn't look bad, he's in the right spots. He's able to get position, and he's so big that he's able to go up and get those rebounds. Where a lot of guys, you know, that that he he just he goes up and he gets it. A lot a lot of guys they get him knocked away. Um, like we saw Drummond tonight. Uh, I think it was Torrey Craig knocked a rebound away when the Bulls were really close. They were almost able to cut into the lead late in the third. And Drummond had this offensive rebound, and the, he just the guy just came and stole it from him. And it, it just I wanted to just reach through my TV and choke Andre Drummond because he is so <laughs> big, and there's no reason for him to not get this rebound. But I, I think it's just a combination of effort and things coming. Like this is a team that does have uh, what was the word? They said at the beginning of the season. Continuity? Not, yes, okay. that's it. I wanted to say consistency, and I knew that wasn't yeah. it. Continuity, yeah. and that's showing on the defensive end, I think. We're really mm-hmm. seeing that play out, and that's just been a delight to see, especially with Crusoe. I think uh, me and other people, ha- I've seen places uh, say he should be in consideration for defensive player of the year because he, he just does so much for this defense. And we watched him tonight shut down Kevin Durant on a couple possessions. Yeah, and you know one of the good things also with Patrick Beverly coming into the fray is that it shifts people more into roles that are appropriate for them. I think you know you got Iota Sumu instead of playing 30, 32 minutes, uh, you know, a night he's playing more like in you know the 22 to 25, 26 minute range, and I think that's perfect for him because I think he can expend more energy in those minutes, um, and that is where he really excels. You know, getting up and down the floor, getting fast break points, causing turnovers. Um, I think that is something, you know, that he excels with um, hitting threes. I mean, he's been shooting pretty well also, uh, at least in this game he did. Uh, so I think that's something that's been beneficial. You've also got Patrick Williams, obviously, uh, with whenever Caruso does start. Patrick Williams started tonight to guard Kevin Durant, which makes sense. But whenever Caruso does start, you have Patrick Williams playing more of a more of a, a, an offensive role off the bench, which is, you know, something I got to give my brother 
Uh, Brother Brandon, credit for he is, this is something that he mentioned that he'd like to see uh, is is uh, Patrick Williams coming off the bench and leading uh, the offense there. I don't think uh, I think I still maintain my point here that Patrick Williams is not an an alpha, not an A, you know, option on the offensive end. But I have liked the aggression that I've seen out of uh, you know Patrick Williams recently on the offensive end, uh, Trey. So I'd like to ask you about that. You know, I think we saw a few a few possessions tonight also where you know, he's not afraid to take the shot. Let's let's say that first of all. Three-point shot, he's not afraid to take one. But the one possession that did really sticks out in my mind is where he did kind of a, like a reverse pivot into somebody's body and drew a foul. And, you know, the shot didn't went up, and it wasn't even necessarily a great shot, but he went to the line. So that's the kind of stuff that we weren't seeing before. Yeah, I think he's just getting more comfortable on the offensive end. And part of that I really credit to Patrick Beverly because this entire season I don't think he's – he's been hesitant on the offensive end. He's had a very quick trigger when he's open on, on the three point line. If he, if they close out tight on him, he's driven the ball. He he hasn't been hesitant on the offensive end, but he hasn't tried to, you know, get in his bag, so to speak. But I think a lot of that leads to DeRozan and Zach. They're just, you know, they're ISO heavy guys. And while they are, when they did, they did try to play make, they did their best to get the other guys involved. But when you have a real playmaker who can just, naturally get guys in positions in the flow of the offense where it's just Patrick Beverly can get Patrick Williams, the ball with, you know, on his right hand. So he knows, Oh, I've got my, my, my momentum going that way. So I can go ahead and spin. I can go ahead and pivot that sort of direction. I don't think that's what happened on this one. I think the one you're referencing, if I remember it correctly, was just Patrick Williams recognizing he had that position and he just, he just took the space. And I think that's something he does exceptionally well is he, he owns his space and he uses that strength. But I, I really, I, I hate to keep crediting Patrick Beverly for, for these things, but I really think a lot of it just leads back to that. Yeah. Well, I think it was a very, a, a huge void for this team. I, I did say that go back and listen to the tapes. I got it on the tape. It's there. It was a huge void for this team uh, in that just kind of floor general spot. And uh, so I'm glad to see Patrick Beverly stepping into that. Obviously, a Chicago kid, so makes me a little bit happy. Don't have we high wanted, hopes for you team, wanted the dragon to come through, but unfortunately, yeah, that didn't I did work want Dragic. Out. Yeah, I did want Dragic to be. He, he started the year really well, but you know we've released him now, uh, and I think it was it was definitely. I, mean, I think I think we released him so he could go to a contender is what it seems like to me. Yeah, and I think that's I mean I think that's due to him, but I think it's also due. I mean, he's just not the guy that we need. He just wasn't doing right. He, he yeah, out there, he, so. He, but I think early, like early in the year, we were hoping that he would fill that role, and it just yeah. it never it never happened. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this game that just ended here. Uh, obviously, the Bulls took on the Suns. Uh, pretty competitive game, Trey. I mean, you know, Bulls had cut it to about seven points, uh, to exactly seven points. With you said five forty left, I think before we jumped down here, so a little little less than six minutes left. And uh, you know, they ended that second first half with a real big run. We're up fourth halftime. Uh, just a, a not a good, th- not a good third quarter. Uh, couldn't really recover from that, but I mean, I'm I'm happy with the effort. Let's just start with that. And uh, you know, what are your general thoughts here on on this game with the Suns? Happy with the effort. Uh, you mentioned it got cut down to seven. I was really disappointed. The Bulls had three straight offensive possessions that were just mm-hmm. um, absolute wastes, and let the, let the Suns run away with this one. But up until that point, I thought Chicago was really competitive. They stayed in the game, and they showed why we thought this team could be a pseudo contender if everything went right with Lonzo Ball. They, 
they were able to contend with a team that I think is definitely going to be a title contender out West with, with Kevin Durant added to this mix. And we saw what Devin Booker did tonight. Like we all want to talk about Kevin Durant and he's definitely the best player on the Suns, but Ke- Devin Booker again tonight, he had 24 shots, 35 points. Yeah. Just six of 10 from three. He, anything he, he wanted, he got. And, and they've got was, two of them now. It's a, that's great. They got Durant and Booker and like there's, when they get in their bag and they do that move and they get to their spot, there's just nothing you can do. I so. will say earlier you mentioned that the Bulls have been great at rebounding, but tonight they got killed on the offensive yeah. boards. The Bulls actually had nine offensive boards and the mm-hmm. Suns had 13. So, I mean, they did have more, but it wasn't a disaster. Like we thought, but 41 to 34, it was a, a rough rebounding night for the Bulls. Yeah. And what really killed us was the threes. Yeah. We shot 30%. They shot 42%. They also shot more than twice as many. We shot 23 threes. They shot yeah. 47. Yeah, just to kind of reemphasize that, just for the listeners out there, 20 for 47, almost 50 threes the Suns took and hit almost half of them. And the Bulls took 23 threes, so seven of 23, only seven made threes. Um, that, the, the, the Suns problem. made 23s. The, the Suns made – Almost or the Bulls points. took three less, three more shots than the Suns made. Jesus. Yeah. It is, and that's that's the math problem. You know, when you see you know, the Bulls have a math problem and, and things like that. That that is that's it right there. Um, I think the Bulls. You know, it's it's always kind of um, I wouldn't say I guess confuse me. I guess that's probably the the good a good word for it because if you look at this Bulls team, I mean, they have three point shooters. You have Patrick Williams. You have Demar Derozan. You have Nikola Vucevic who can step out and hit a three. He's, he's shooting nearly 40% this year, last I checked. Um, obviously, Patrick Beverly is not afraid to shoot a three. Um, well, DeRozan, I think I mentioned DeRozan. DeRozan's not really a three-point shooter, but he's been hitting them at a high clip since he joined the Bulls. And Zach Levine, you know, obviously one of the elite three-point shooters when, when he's when he's on and on fire. Um, and then coming off the bench, you've got Kobe White, Caruso. I mean, you've got the, the personnel to shoot 35 threes in a game, and they're just not – not doing it. I don't. Is that like? Do you think that's a byproduct of just the the coaching? Is that something that the coaching staff is is asking of the team, or is that just something where the the players make that decision and the players are are not taking those three point shots? I think it's the lack of playmaking uh, is a lot of it. Uh, every time Pat, it seems like pretty much when Pat, like how often do you see Patrick Williams catch the ball? and be open for three and not shoot it. I don't feel like it's very often. Most of the time it's going up when he gets it. He just doesn't typically get it with the defense being bent enough that he can take advantage of it. Our our offense doesn't do a lot to to get other guys open. I don't feel like other than Vooch at the top of the key or you know Patrick Williams, Caruso, or Io in the corner, I feel like those are the only ones. And even then, they're not gunning them like, like the Suns were. And I know... When you have Durant, Aiden, Paul, and Booker, Okogie's going, going to be wide open. But he was able to get up 10 three-point shots tonight. Yeah. Um, Devin Booker got up 10 three-point shots tonight. So for me, like I look at Zach, he only got up seven. For me, he needs 10 three-point shots every night. And, and for me, I think you even tell Patrick Williams, hey, if you're going to play 25 minutes, I need five threes. I need mm-hmm. you to get up five threes. If you run back this same game, you know, in a simulation between the, the these two teams, these two personnel, Phoenix Suns, Chicago Bulls, with these two sh- shot profiles, the Suns are winning. You know, if you run it ten times, they're winning nine out of ten. If you run it a hundred times, they're winning ninety-five out of a hundred. Like it's just, it's just not a winning formula here. Um, the Bulls really were were having an uphill battle this whole time. So not surprised that they lost this game. 
um, happy with the effort. Uh, you know, some of the little things that I did notice, again, Patrick Williams, I felt like in his minutes, he had 29 minutes tonight. Um, he was impactful. Uh, you mentioned the defense already trade. I, I totally second that. I, I'm going to echo that. Defense on Durant was was very good. Um, you're never going to shut down Kevin Durant, but uh, he did his best and, and did a good job. I felt like Durant was 7 of 10 from the field, wasn't really shooting the ball a whole lot, finished with 20 points, 6 assists, 9 rebounds. Um, but I think, you know, I think part of that is that, you know, the Bulls game plan might have been, hey, we're going to live and die and let uh, let Joshua Kogi take threes and, and leave him open. And we're going to leave him to double guys. And, hey, you know what? He went five of ten from threes. You know, kudos to him. The, it it was <laughs> to start the game. Like, yeah, to the, start the game, that was the strategy. And then from there, um, it was the soft double on Durant. And he let Devin Booker cook, really. Yeah. Is is that like that's what happened. That, they were going to shut down Durant and Booker, and they let a Kogi. They were going to let a Kogi go. He he went off, so they had to adjust, and they they did. They made the adjustment in the game, which was a nice thing to see from the coaching staff. It kept them in the game, hmm. I felt like. And then the Suns are just they just have that much talent. When Devin Booker can be your set, you know, your secondary option, and he can do what he did tonight. That's yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. It was, I'm not, uh, it was, I am not upset. I'm I am not upset at all about this loss. I thought the Bulls no. played a good game. I thought it yeah. was a, you know, it was just losing to a team that is a legit title contender. Yep, I agree. Not much else to say about that. Um, one thing I will, do want to ask you about Trey is, uh, did you happen to see the play where Chris Paul punches uh, Patrick Beverly right in right in the penis? Did you happen to see that on Twitter? Because I, I will share it with you. Uh, it is pretty. Bad. I did not. You'll have it to see it. Bad. To me, but it, I, I don't. I don't doubt it. it Chris Paul is a. Is he is a, a terrible. Yeah, he's on, on the court. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? I, I've, I've been on record as saying I'm, a, I'm a Chris Paul guy. But um, every time you see something like that, um, it's just like, man, why? Like, why? Do, you don't even need to do that. Like, it's the Bulls. You're gonna win this game. Like, I don't. There's something wrong in that man's brain where he's like so competitive that he feels like he has to cheat at all points in time but um it's pretty bad i, so. I feel like he i feel like he only does that to people that he's argued with before <laughs> and i'm sure him and patrick beverly have had some words oh, over yeah. the years they've and, had, yeah they've had words yeah <laughs> and every time he does i just have to remind myself chris paul is like five foot eleven i don't even think he's a legit <laughs> six foot if you're going to be five foot eleven and survive in the nba you have to be a certain kind of nasty Got to be a little tough as nails. I, I agree with that. Uh, but, yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, go to Twitter. Just search for Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly or something. I'm sure you'll find it. But, uh, but yeah, he kind of like um, – it's like in the middle of the lane. He kind of like shuffles around. You know, do a little bit of bumping grind there in, in the lane there. And then he just kind of like gives a whole like right hook right into the guy's crotch. It's just – it's really bad. Anyways, go check it out. That's uh, that's my last little tidbit about that game. But, um, you know, overall, Trey, um, can't be disappointed with what the Bulls have done since the All-Star break here. Um, they are – uh, three and uh, three and two, or since they had Patrick Beverly, I should say, they are three and two since they had Patrick Beverly uh, with wins over the um, Nets, and they've they've wins over the Nets, uh, Wizards. I had it open here just now, and the Pistons, and they have losses to the uh, Raptors and the Suns. So that's kind of like what that's what you'd expect, right? Like that that makes sense, right? The Nets, Wizards, and, and Pistons, we should beat those teams. Raptors, I could see losing to them. It's kind of a 50-50 there. And the Suns, I mean, we're just not going to beat them most most nights. So, um, so pretty pleased, I think, since Pat, in the Patrick Beverly area. How do you feel about era? How do you yeah, feel about I, yeah, playing to expectations and again raising the floor, making sure everyone is accountable. That's what Patrick Beverly brings, and that's that's what I I hope he he can. T- I hope 
his teammates continue to respond to him um, as the season goes along, especially if things take a downturn and they lose like three, four games in a row. I, I hope, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly and Zach don't get into it on the court. And then after the game, Zach gets asked about it. And it's like, well, Pat Bev has to live with that. <laughs> uh, I can see that happening. Though. That's the sad part. Um, but no, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a, it's been a decent showing here. You know, they've been playing up to, up to expectations. I can't say that, uh, you know, it's been any surprise at all, but, uh, but playing up to expectations is almost a surprise at this point. Cause we're so used to them failing us. Uh, at this point, okay, I think I found it. Yeah, here. yeah, we want the, we want them to come out and get the job done against the teams that they should get the job done against. That that's all we can ask for from this team at this stage. Yeah, I think I found it here. The thing I was looking for uh, while I was rambling there, uh, and and shout out to uh, Will Gottlieb uh, of CHGO Sports uh, covers the Bulls for them. Does a fantastic job. We've had him on the show before. Hopefully, we'll get him on again at some point. But uh, had a little table out there um, with, you know, kind of the play-in tournament race in the East and what, how, where that stands. So you've got, at the beginning of the night, you had the Magic in 13th, the Pacers in 12th, the Bulls in 11th, uh, Wizards 10th, Raptors 9th, Hawks 8th. Obviously, the Bulls lost, um, so that's a big bummer here. But the Bulls, 538 is giving the Bulls a 15% chance to make it into the play-in. So it's 1-5, 15% chance. Wizards have a 39% chance. Raptors 40% and Hawks 53%. Pacers are only 1% and Magic are, are all but eliminated pretty much for, according to 538. So does that track with you, Trey? I mean, you know, looking at the rest of their, you know, re- um, schedule here, I mean, it's not an easy schedule. It's 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 not hard, but it's not an easy schedule. I, I mean, sure. I guess the real question is, do you want the Bulls to make the play-in? Because we haven't had this discussion. Because <laughs> mm. you know I don't. I'm a tanker. Yeah. But they're not taking. That's the problem. Like, uh, so okay. So well, okay. So let's look at that. Because I know you said they they need to basically finish below the Pacers, and right now they're one game ahead of the Pacers. So yeah, I mean, even if you're not taking and you're still having how many a chance, ga- how many games ahead of them? Uh, what about Orlando? Yeah, they're they're two games ahead of Orlando. Right. So, so if if you drop those two spots, your your odds of keeping the pick go up drastically. Because it's top four, it's top four protected. So that would be, yeah. Right now we're in what one, two. We're in seventh. So we would have seven point five for for Wimby, and then seven point eight, eight point one, eight point five. But if we got all the way up to fifth, it's ten point five across the board. We'd have a ten percent chance to get Victor Wimbanyama. And then, you know, you could get Scoop, Brandon Miller, one of the Thompson, the, uh, the Thompson twins. There, there's all sorts of guys you could get if you got two, three, or four. So for me, I, I, don't, I don't think this team, even if they were to get through the play-in, which I'm not confident they would, they're going to get stomped in the first round. And this team has, has had that happen before. They've been to the playoffs. They don't necessarily need that first round beat down to understand what's going to happen when when they get there they've been through it yeah no i wish they would i wish they would uh take i was actually really hoping that at one point like just secretly that we would get russell westbrook (laughs) because i felt like you know we it would be exciting to watch but we'd also still probably lose and so that's like the perfect recipe because it's like you know hey this guy's getting triple doubles in uh you know five point loss and uh, that would be perfect for the bulls i i'm in the same mindset Trey. i want them to try to make the most out of their pick here. There, there's really not much value to be gained. 
uh, in making that play-in tournament as a low seed. Honestly, what I want them to do is I want them to shoot 35 threes a game for the rest yeah. of the season. If you win enough games to make the play-in, then great. If not, which I don't think they will because they're not used, they're, it's not a style they're used to, then you can fall back. But it's it's a development step because this team needs to shoot more threes if they are going to be competitive. That's just that is just the facts. It's how the numbers work in today's NBA. So make that the make that the focus. It's not hey we want to develop guys by making it into the plane and winning this game, winning these games. We want to develop these guys for the long term. We want their play styles to dictate hey this is how we're going to play for the next ten years because it's going to be a three point game for the next 10 years. I don't know if it'll stay to the extent it is, but they're not going away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like that idea. I do. And um, I just don't think, you know, I think we're talking about what we want the bulls to do. And what do we think in our heart of hearts, the bulls are going to do. <laughs> the bulls are probably going to go down swinging. Yeah. They're going to limp into the 10th spot or maybe finish 11th and be disappointed, but they're, but they're going to screw themselves out of uh, that 10% chance at Wimby. Uh, and we're all just going to be disappointed and everyone's going to be disappointed. It's like the, the worst case scenario, but it's also the most likely scenario. <laughs> so, that's... But as long as, the, as long as they keep playing like they have since Patrick Beverly came over, even if that is the case, I won't be disappointed because at least the team seems to be developing in the right direction now. I want more threes. I want Obviously, I want more offensive sets. I want more things run off ball. I want more off ball actions. That seems to be a lot of the problem. The guys just stand around in the corner rather than – so when you have three guys on one side, have the two guys on the other side instead of just standing there. Have them screen for each other. Have them move around a little bit, and that creates some confusion. You see the good teams. That's what they do, and that's why they get – that's why they get to shoot twice as many threes as the Bulls do. Well, theories as to why the, the Bulls would be you know going for it even though they look terrible and, and probably have no chance of winning a first-round series. Um, obviously, the most popular theory would probably be that you know, the Reinsdorfs are saying, you know, hey, we need to get into the playoffs and, and get extra revenue or, or whatever. And I, I don't think that's out of the question. I think that's definitely a drive for the ownership, that's for sure. But I think the other side of this uh, trade, and that's something that actually is useful and valuable, is seeing – Data points uh, for this trio, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan, next to a point guard. Um, because, let's face it, we've been a whole season basically without a point guard, uh, starting point guard, because Lonzo Ball was down halfway through last season. So I think it's good to get data points here and see, you know, because you have to make a decision at the end of the season what to do with Vucevic, right? His, his contract's up. You got to figure out what to do there. Um, next season or next offseason, you're going to have DeMar DeRozan, his contract's up. So, you know, if you want to make these big decisions, you need to have those data points to say, okay, do we need to have these guys together to be successful? Can they be successful together? So I think there's some 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 usefulness in that. But uh, what are your thoughts there? I agree 100%. It's, it gives us a better look into what this team could be if we if they were able to add a, a point guard somehow in a trade or you know, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, maybe Trey Young becomes available down in Atlanta. Uh, we've seen him run out some coaches. It seems like Quinn Snyder is with the five-year contract. It's the this is Quinn's team. This isn't your team, Trey, kind of thing. And so, for me, it you want to see it. And again, Trey Young, I, I'm happy. Nice. Right, but even even with this squad we have now, I'm I'm happy to see that development with the roles in the proper places. You don't, you know, Zach is the pure score. DeMar is kind of the possession closer type situation. So 
you're right. You want to see how it develops. You want to see how they do. And Patrick Beverly is as good as it's going to get at that option. And I think he's been a, more, way more than I expected and more than up to up to the task thus far. It's been nice. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting much, so it's, it's been nice. Um, so just kind of recap what the play-in uh, you know, picture kind of looks like right now for the listeners out there if you're not following along. Right now we currently have Miami Heat in 7th, uh, Hawks in 8th, Raptors in ninth and Wizards in 10th. The Bulls are sitting two games out of the play-in right now, 17 games behind first place in the East um, in the 11th spot there. So it, it, it is an uphill battle here for them to make that play-in. Um, can they do it? I think they absolutely could. They need to start a winning streak like now, though. It's got to happen very, very soon. And I just don't – I don't see that happening unless something really clicks with this team. And – I just don't see that there's a good chance of that happening. So I, I am not optimistic about it. If you were to give odds here uh, about the Bulls making the play-ins, what, where would you put them at? What did they say it was, 15%? Yeah, 538 has about 15. That's right. I'll take that, 15%. So it's a 15% chance at, at making the play-in or a 10% chance at Wambanyama. Hmm. For me, I think that's a very clear answer where I'd want to go with that. But uh, but you know, I think I put them a little higher. Um, you know, it's we're 64 games this season. They've got little what 18 games left. Um, you know, if they can go 10 and 8 the rest of the way, I think I think they make the play in. Is that doable? I think that's absolutely doable. So I'll put it like 25%. But but yeah, I'm not super optimistic about this team. But any other thoughts you wanted to cover here, Trey, or uh, or things that you noticed? Uh, no, not particular. Um, the Suns are a really good team. Yeah. The Bulls were competitive against a really good team. Can't take a, away a lot of negatives from that. So yeah. onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards indeed. That's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, sorry we went a few weeks without a, a show, but we will try to get a show to you every week or two here uh, until the end of the season. And, uh, you know, maybe a few shows in the off season, maybe a few little uh, fun shows where we kind of talk about our top moments or something like that. But Anyways, until next time, guys, I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at at Keith And Trey, where can the good people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And do follow the show, guys, at Eat Those Bulls and uh, wherever you can on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, give us a like and subscribe. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. But until next time, go Bulls.